Morning, everyone. Grand. So, um, how's your week been? It's not a rhetorical question. <laughs> um, it's been a, well, can I speak for myself, but I could believe you've looked like I feel. So, you know, we're here. Yeah? You made it here this morning. You made it here this morning. You're supposed to be here this morning. Thank you, God, that you're here, okay? I don't know what took to get you here, but you're here. So thank you, God, for every single person who's in this place, Lord. Now, God, whatever happened during the week, whatever's going on in our, in our, in our homes, in our heads, in our hearts, Lord, and we just uh, bring it before you now, Lord. You know, when you're rushing to get somewhere, and then you get there, and you just let a deep exhale... So everybody, let's just take a deep breath. We're here. I'm happy you're here. God's happy that you're here. So let's just rest in that for a second. Just let that rest on you. The kids are doing a Bible verse today. Andy's in there now. Hence why I'm fobbing my children off to other people. Um, and it's Second Timothy 3.16, I think. And it's like all... Um, here, let me read it again. All the Bible is. I'll just read it correctly because when I get it wrong, I get it real wrong. Okay, so let's find out where it is. All scripture is God-breathed. Breath has real power. If you're having an anxiety attack, to slow down your breathing transforms everything. If you are in pain, your breath becomes, breath is life. All scripture is God-breathed. Let's let God breathe on us today. There's so many analogies in the Old Testament, especially about, you know, God breathing life into things. So let's allow him to breathe life into us this week. You're here, just sit with us. Stop thinking about the 10 million things you have to do next week. Stop thinking about who's going to put the dinner on today or who's going to iron the kids' uniforms or what's happening. Let's just be in the moment this morning, Amen. Lord, we just received that word from you this morning, God. Help us quiet in our minds to hear what you have to say, Lord. Um, I thank you, God, that you see us. You see us where we're at. And you love and accept us where we're at, Lord. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Right, so um, let's get started. So we're doing the... Uh, as you're aware, you hear it every week, uh, the Bible experience. So you, you, you're reading the whole Bible. And I hadn't realized how amazing that would be until I was in a, I was in a class in, in college and stuff. And uh, different people, some of them were pastors, and they were talking about how, you know, who do you get to preach? How do you get to preach? What's going on? And, you know, they're finding that they're just re- preaching the same thing. You know, different people just preach. We all have our favorite things, so, but we do have these themes that you constantly hear in church that are all really good, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll never tire of hearing that one oh, God loves me or that Jesus died for my sins or that I'm accepted, love, and whole again. I will never, like, forget. But just the real struggle about preaching all of the Bible. And we miss so much sometimes because we just hit the hot spots. Do you know what I mean? And so... I really learned how blessed we are that, you know, the lads like Rob and Noel and all the elders came up that we would do this experiment because I had forgotten how amazing one um, first John is. 
That's what we're going to look at this morning. 1 John is a letter. It's in the New uh, Testament. It's written by the Apostle John. Now, when I read this, we're going to actually read a bit of it. You're going to be like, oh, I know that verse. I know that verse. But I, there's such amazing truths that I had kind of forgotten about. And isn't that the um, truth of human nature? We forget things real quick. We move on and, and the wondrous become normal so quickly that we just get a bit blasé about things. Yeah, God loves me. Yeah, I'm forgiven. And sometimes God's just sit and be reminded. Like if you look, God knew us. God knew, he made humans. Imagine him knowing how we are. Through the whole of the Old Testament, he puts in these festivals of remembrance because he knows that we're ungrateful, that we forget that we're actually really thick sometimes and we need to be whacked upside the head and we also like food. So let's put the two things together and make a festival, yeah? So I'm encouraged that God knows me and my flaws and he's found ways to get through to me. So we're going to look at 1 John. So the themes of 1 John, because I know we're tired, and if you don't remember anything else this morning, because I can waffle like no one's business, okay? If you don't remember anything else from 1 John, which we're going to read, or 1 John, sorry, I'm going to, the themes are that God is light in your darkness. That God is love. And if anything isn't coming out of that, that's not from God. And God is life. God can breathe life into every situation. So if that's all you hear this morning, take it. If you have a busy week and you can't remember what I was speaking from, but just remember, God is light in your darkness. God is love in your pain and God is life and hold on to them okay and if you need to just chill out just now just take them I won't be insulted but laugh at my jokes that's when I will be insulted if you just look at me blankly okay so there with the themes are and it's written by John okay now John was an apostle and that means he was one of the twelve disciples so he so many people in the Bible never actually like met Jesus, but he walked with Jesus. He was one of his disciples. He lived with them. He breathed them. He, fed. he knew him before the resurrection. He knew him after the resurrection. So he knew that he was the legit, that he was the real him. He was there when he preached the Sermon on the Mount. He was there when he did his miracles. So if John said it happened, I'm going to trust him. He's what we call like a primary source. He's legit, okay? So what he has to say, I want to hear. As, as the church went, so say first century Christians, he wrote this to people, and he was an old man. He was like the old father of the faith. And it's amazing because so many times in life when you're walking with God, it can go two ways. Life can make you bitter, and you can still love God, right? You can still passionately love Jesus. But life gets in and bitterness takes hold and you turn into that grumpy person. And I keep on saying this to Andy. We joke about it. He is a ripe candidate for a grumpy old man. 
He's the only part, and we talk about this, and I'm not slagging him behind his back. He knows this. He has grown into his old manness. When he hit 40, he's the only one I know who's like, I actually feel like myself. He felt like, you know, a 13-year-old in a 40-year-old's body, so now he's reached it. So I'm like, yes, that's cool, but don't turn into a grumpy old man. Or be like John. When you read this letter, he is so loving. He is so passionate. He is so soft in how he sees and addresses things. He talks about there's sin in your life, but you have a savior who wants to forgive you your sins. And how he approaches things is not like, you're doing it wrong, sort yourself out. He's like, God loves you. God's for you. Keep going. Nothing's too big for him. So I want to choose to be like John. And who did he write it to? First century, right? Um, Jerusalem fell. People dispersed. So initially the church was all one place. You can control who's teaching what. Everybody's coming to the same place. It's a small area. You can kind of know, right, Jesus actually walked these streets. People knew it was really easy. Then Jerusalem fell, right, which is the Roman continent. And then everybody got persecuted and they dispersed all around Asia and Europe, right? Which is, you know, there was no Ryanair flights. It was quite a distance, okay? So John was trying to write to people he hadn't seen in ages. And this is the first church that was like a first or second generation Christians, people who didn't actually know Jesus, who had just heard the teachings, which is very like us, okay? This is the first group of people who hadn't actually seen Jesus with their own eyes, but had just heard the word or had seen what, what the people of God were doing. So he's writing to them. And it's really interesting for me because what's he writing to? There's a lot of issues that are just like they are today. But he doesn't whack them around the head and go on a, you know, a big pulpit rage like, you are doing this. He speaks to them clearly, softly, and in a fatherly tone. Come, let's just come back to what's important. People had gotten distracted. Can anybody relate? So I will actually read the text, <laughs> but I'm just building up to it, okay? So talk about getting distracted. We got a new printer, right? Oh, dear Lord. You're going to see me on a YouTube video drop kicking a printer out the kitchen window, okay? So you're supposed to get free ink with the printer. And it's like, free, six-month ink, blah, 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 just register, da, da. So first of all, small print. You have to do it in a week. Which is, it sounds like a load of time, but when you have three kids and everything's going crazy, you'd be surprised how you forget to register for these things. So you're trying to sort it out. And I spent so much, don't worry about it, so much time this week chasing up my six-month free trial. And then I remembered, does it, what am I getting distracted by? What am I getting distracted by? Yes, I should get it. Yes, it's important. Yes, it will save me money. But is it really worth the energy and the stress and the phone calls and the WhatsApps and the logins and the logouts and the, this code, that code? Is it really worth it? I had to rein myself in. What's important? How much of God's word have I... Do I attack God's word with that, with that amount of... Um, attention to detail and perseverance do i uh, hands up i'm really sorry but i may have given more attention this week 
to get my free six-month trial of ink than I have to read in the Word of God. So, Lord, forgive me. It's a joke and it's true. The people in the New Testament that John's writing to are getting distracted by things that were kind of important but not really important. What is important? Staying true to the Lord and staying true to who God is. God is light. God is love. And God is life. Everything else. Look, it's just stuff. So he's writing to these. And what happened was, now how many people, like, and this is me as well, the queen of distraction. I will listen to a podcast. I will listen to a sermon. But have I actually taken out my Bible and read these words? I have spent 10 minutes giving you the ramp up to what this is, but have I actually read the word of God? The kids are learning, like I said. All God's word is God breathed. I am not going to get God's breath, God's life in me. By, now, there's nothing wrong, don't get me wrong, it's not a lecture on podcasts or, or sermons, they're good. But it's like a dilute version of what we're supposed to be doing. They should be, they're kind of like, side hustle opposed to what we're actually doing in the church of Ireland and um, even in the Catholic church or the traditional churches have you ever seen they, in some of the traditions they've got um, when you read the actual bible um, the gospel bit they go up some steps and there's a, a kind of um, I don't, it has a proper word but like, like this but it's up the steps and sometimes it's on eagle's wings based on scripture it says and it's spoken out it is read, and then they say, this is the word of the Lord. And everybody, ha- like different churches have a different response, say amen, or it is right to give them thanks and praise. And in our tradition, sometimes we forget to actually read it. So let's read it, okay? So I'm going to read First John. It's the one that is, God is light. That which is from, oh yeah, read for it, right. That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it. And we proclaim to you with eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Okay. Uh, this is the message you, we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins, and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. Now, 
you know, if you have a bit of understanding, you can kind of make your way through that. If you don't have any understanding of the Bible, that can be a bit confusing. But here's the deal. John, you have to know who he was writing to to really understand what was going on. The first century church, as I said, had kind of gotten a bit distracted. These people hadn't actually met Jesus, so were getting a bit confused. People were coming in. And there was a huge problem with false teachings. Okay? So there's a lot of, this is applicable to us because there's a lot of stuff out there. You can click on YouTube. You can click on podcast. You can get stuff. And if we're not careful we'll fall into the trap that these guys did. That just because something sounds right and they quote scripture doesn't mean that it's actually what was intended in the Bible. Interpretation, it's called, can be incorrect. So there were, big, there were some problems that were happening. And the three problems that were going on were some false teachings, right? The first one, and it'll make sense, we're going to read it again, and then you'll understand what he's getting at and why he's hitting all these points. You're like, yeah, look, we know. One was that there was a teaching at the time that came in that Jesus was just a man. And if you do the Alpha course, you realize that there's quite a lot of people who think, oh, yeah, Jesus lived, but he was just a man. He was a holy man. He was a man. Okay. But that's not how we as Christians see things. If he was just a holy man, if he was just like Buddha or Muhammad, like a prophet, it really takes away the majesty and magnificence of who Jesus the Christ is. And it's really important that if someone's using the name Jesus, like the meaning in words, I can say love and you can say love. And we can have two completely different meanings. And that's what marriage is. No. Um, so, but you get different meanings from it. Who is Jesus? So there was false teachings coming in saying he was just a man. To be a Christian is to believe that he was fully man and human, so he understands us, but he was also the only person who was fully God in the same body incarnate who walked the earth. He wasn't just a good lad, sound. He was fully man, but still fully God. So this teaching had come in you know, people say, oh, I love the teachings of Jesus all about love. Yeah, he was an amazing teacher. But he was more than that. He was God. He was Savior. They are key aspects of being a Christian, a full life-given Christian. The other teaching that had come in that was that Jesus wasn't actually a man. He was a spirit who appeared in spirit form, who appeared in man form. Now, that can sound a bit odd. But... That takes away and negates the fact if God wasn't fully human, it tells us he knew what it was like. He received every temptation and he did not sin. So if he was just spirit, that's easy for a spirit. He didn't feel how I feel. He didn't have to have a family and all that. He was above all that. But we don't have a savior like that. We have a savior who is not above it all, who is in the trenches with us who knows what it's like to be in a family that's fractured, who knows what it's like to be tempted, to be heartbroken, to be abandoned, to be rejected. He didn't just not feel those things. He felt them deeply. He was so in bits on the cross that he, he cried, like he cried blood. That's how distressed he was. So if you think to be a Christian isn't to be emotional, then you're missing the human aspect of God. 
he felt things deeply. So to have that, those teachings kind of like, oh, they're a bit odd. But when you follow those thoughts through, they basically make Jesus less than who he is. And the third thing is that, um, the other false teaching that had come in was that, you know, um, this teaching that the body and the flesh is bad. Only, only thing that matters is the spirit. Live in the spirit, be in the spirit. The spirit is what's important. Let's just abandon all our bodies and everything. And that came in. Now, the, the thing, like, that can kind of sound a little bit like us as Pentecostals, but um, it kind of took a veer left that was quite alarming when they said it developed into that the body doesn't matter. I'm all about spirit, so it doesn't even matter what I do with my body. It doesn't matter if I sin as long as I'm in the spirit and I say that I love God. So these were actual teachings that were going on at the time. And these things are still around today. And we kind of let them creep in. And they start off as whispers or thoughts. You're like, oh, that's nice. And if we don't come back to the Bible to kind of bring us back in, you know those, um, you know the motorway when you're going fast and then you kind of veer into another lane and it goes, duh, 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 duh. you're like, oh, I'm back. I'm, I'm, I'm in the game. I promise I wasn't daydreaming. <laughs> I'm not a danger on the road. Um, but that's what the word of God is. It keeps us, it veers us back in. Because Jesus was not just a man. He was not just a spirit who doesn't know what it's like to be human. And us as people, it's really important that, you know that saying that's, you know, like, so spiritual you are no earthly good? Um, we're called to have that dual. We're here in this world for a reason. We're not supposed, that's what I love about liberty. It's not like, let's just lock ourselves in in a holy huddle. It's out there. It's been in the community. It's been present. It's tricky being in the world and not of the world. But that's what, that's what the Bible calls us to do, and that's what John is addressing. So when he looks at one, let's have a look there again, he's reminding us that, you know, the first, uh, chapter 1, verse 1, it says, um, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and in our hands have touched. So he's reminding people who are struggling with this, because he's going to get into stop doing this, that, and the other. He's saying, look, I walked with Jesus. I was there. He's saying, trust me. They don't know what he's going to hit them with, but he's saying, trust me, I knew Jesus. I was there. I walked with him. He was fully man. He was fully uh, spirit. He was fully God. Um, It is really important that when you're reading the scripture, that you know the other side. Because that sounds nice, but it sounds even better when you know what he was talking about. So let's read that again, and then I go into verse 2. Anyway, so it goes, So that which was the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. So we complain concerning the word of life, which is Jesus. The life appeared, which is Jesus. We have seen it and testify it. And we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you that you have seen and heard so that you may have fellowship with us. I'm telling you this, that I have seen Jesus and what he said is legit so that we can be brothers and sisters. You don't have to have known or met Jesus physically to come into our family. I'm telling you this because I want you in our family and to stay in the family. I don't want you to disappear out with the false teachings and the wishing and the washing and getting distracted. I want you with us. I want you here. God wants you here. 
God wants to hear. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Which sounds great, but by, like that's what he's saying to the people who believe that Jesus was just a man or just a spirit. It's saying, Jesus the Christ. He's saying to them, don't, don't, like he, he wasn't just man, he wasn't just spirit, he was both. We write this to make our joy complete. If you're not here, if you decide whatever reason to stop fellowship with the Lord... I can only speak for myself, but I'm going to miss you. I want you here. And I'm just a person. So how much more will the Lord be disheartened if you're not here? It's not about rules. It's not about ties. It's not about place. It's about being in a family, and you are missed if you're not here. It will make our joy complete if you're here. I'm so happy to see Heather and Ken here because they're not here on Sunday because they're in the city. I'm really happy that you're here. You make me smile when I see you. I'm really happy to see Neville. I am. He sends me a text every time I preach to encourage me. I miss, like, I will miss him if he's not here. Bella, I'll miss you if you're not here. We'll be here for ages. I'll go through everybody. Can I just make a blanket statement? I will miss all of you. No one is left out, Okay. <laughs> Disclaimer, okay. Um, okay, so verse 5 is This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Christ and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. So of all those teachings that were coming in at the time, it was kind of fracturing people. And you were like, people were like, well, I believe he was man, and I believe that he was spirit, and I believe that this is all relative, and I can do whatever I want, and it doesn't matter because my body doesn't matter. I'm just in the spirit, and the Lord is great. And it was causing fracturing. And he was saying, that's not right. If you do that, you're stepping into the dark but God is in the light. Let's follow him and his ways. And if we follow his ways, we'll be in fellowship with one another. Be pre- like, don't, don't let things come in to break up our fellowship. Let's have a zero tolerance for like, atom that doesn't bring us together. Before you speak, is this edifying? Is this, is this what the Lord, you know, how about if I had to say it through the mic, would that be all right? Yeah, but, no, no buts. Let's make sure, like, hands up. Myself and Andy had an argument yesterday. I would not have liked you to have heard me speak what I spoke through the mic yesterday. <laughs> Sorry. We're fine. I apologize, Rumble. But... You know, let's have a zero tolerance. Not like in your family, not to create a division. Like, and then come to church and have your game face. Let's not do game face. If you're having a bad week, have a bad week. But let's choose to still turn up. Amen. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. I do not have it together. I am a very broken person. Of all my superpower is the words I speak. I have an ability to cut. And there's death in my tongue sometimes. 
<laughs> All the women are like, mmm, mmm, okay, let me speak for us all. But I have a God who forgives me. I'm not saying that as a disclaimer, say it doesn't matter, because that was a false teaching in the church. It's not that you sin and it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's that we can sin, acknowledge that we did wrong, acknowledge that it's wrong, and ask God to forgive us. It's not like it doesn't matter because all sins are under God. You know, it doesn't matter. It does matter. It does matter if I speak death with my tongue. It does matter. But I have a gracious God who if I abide in him and stay in him, he will help me, he will give me his spirit, and I will choose to walk that path to change my behavior because I love the Lord and I do not want to bring fraction into the church or in my family. Amen? If we confess our sins... Sorry, I have a tongue like a sore. Um, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from our unrighteousness. He's acknowledging there, none of us are right. We need Christ. We are unrighteous, which is not... Unrighteous means not right with God. Righteous means right with God. I am not right with God without Jesus. He's combating those teachings again. You can be all spiritual if you want. You know, the Lord led me. Like, but the only way I'm right with God is through Jesus. Jesus, who is life, who is life, who is love. Light, love, life. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar, and his word is not in us. You know, Sin isn't really a word we use a lot in, like, we do here. So you have this, like, place on a Sunday where you can come and you can use all our righteousness and sin and, you know, forgiveness and these words that we don't really use. Sin is real. It's not very politically correct, but it's real. We, we all sin. I'm sorry if this is news to you. We can have a little chat afterwards. But um, even trying to explain to the kids, you're trying to say, you're breaking God's rules and da-da, but you kind of belittle what sin is. Sin is the thing that can bring you permanent separation from God forever. That's, you know, breaking God's rules doesn't really bring the gravity of what it is. And he was speaking to people who were saying, sin isn't real, it's all relative, my truth. Does this, this is very common to what we're still dealing with today. I may not like it, it may be politically incorrect, but if God's word said it, then I have to say, I'm not comfortable with this, but I have to yield myself to God's word. And that means come under God's lordship and say, I don't like it, but you are God, you are truth, you are love, you are light. I have to yield to what you say. I think the first century church were very like us as well. Like they had a lot of thoughts. They had like the Greek and Roman were very like into thinking and philosophies and had a lot of opinions, <clears throat> which we all can have. And believe me, I am quite opinionated. And, uh, but this brings us down to the basics. Fine, think all you want, but it has to come down to what does God say? Not what I say, but what does God say? Not what I think, but what does God think? Can I humble myself, humble my spirit, and say, Lord, may I have ears to hear your word, not my opinions and thoughts. 
and gave me the courage to step out in that. He, John, was saying to the church, let's come back to the basics. Let's not get distracted with all the arguments that are going on. Or do not let mistruths, say we don't about like lies or serious or like um, heresy or words like they're very serious, but let's call them like mistruths, stuff that has stepped a little bit left of what the Bible actually says. It's just breaking God's rules. It doesn't really matter. I love God. No, he says several times and first, like first John is just one of them. Sin will separate you from God. We forget, you know, when you're in crisis, um, if anybody's ever been, it's like you realize what an absolute mess you've made of things. And so I'm kind of, Andy's a second generation, I'm a first, so I I encountered Christ myself outside of my family on my own in my bedroom. So nothing will take that away. Andy has walked with God, my husband, for... His mom was a Christian, and he's grown up a Christian. And we're two very different mindsets. Um, it's very easy as time goes on to forget. When you're in crisis, I was um, in bits. I was, my head was wrecked. I did not have peace. I was emotionally broken. I was incredibly hurt. I was so lonely, and I was depressed. Okay? And in my bedroom, in my desperation, I called out to, like, a God, and God answered me. And he invaded my room with, uh, I can only call it the presence of God. And I'm so, so grateful for that. Um, But as time goes on, like that's, I was a teenager, we won't calculate how long ago that was, but let's just agree it was a long time ago. You kind of forget how bad it was in my sin and brokenness. Because things are all right now. When When you're in a good season, Things are lining up. You're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. And you kind of forget. That's human nature that I talked about in the beginning. We forget. And we need to be reminded of, now it was. Your sin had you dying. And there's the long-term eternal aspect of that, about being separated from God. But let's even talk about in life. When that song came up, the joy, the joy, the Lord, and my strength. I love that song because I'm like, yes, it's not always great, but it's me declaring with my mouth that he has transformed my life. I am not the same person. And it reminds me, I'm not living out of the pain before, but I'm being reminded of where he saved me from. So um, we forget, and sometimes this is good to remind us, to bring us back, to say, it wasn't that great. I have been saved. Who saved me? Jesus, from my own sin and death. I was walking on this earth, broken in death, and I was looking at an eternity of death. But thank you for the love and grace and light and love and life of Christ. Not just a holy man's idea, not just a, um, you know, a spirit that vaguely moved the earth. You didn't know what it was like. But to a real living human being who was fully man, fully God, who knew me in my pain, but he never sinned. And I can look to him as someone I can follow. Amen? Chapter 2 of John. We'll just read a few bits and then don't worry, I won't keep you here too long. When you read First John... 
he's reminding us of the gospel. The second thing that he keeps on talking about, and it's mentioned 11 times in five chapters. Now, for those of you who aren't a Bible scholar, if, if they repeat it, it generally means it's important. This might be mind-blowing to you, but if they say it 11 times, do you think he's trying to communicate something to us? Just, just an idea. And the thing that it's trying to say, if we look at chapter 2, um, let's have a look actually, let's look at a better example. If we look at, sorry Malachi, I'm jumping around, but if we look at chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 10, and I'll read it for you, don't worry if it's not up on the screen. This is how we know who the children of God are, and who the children of the devil are. If anyone who does not do right is not, is not a child of God, nor anyone who does not love his brothers or sisters. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not God's child, nor is anyone who does not love their brother or and sister. Why do you think there's so many different branches of Christianity? Very rarely does a church split because they sit down and think, let's just have a, the- a civilized theological agree- disagreement and, be- and agree to part ways in a polite and agreeable fashion. Usually, there's fighting galore. There's actually, in South Dublin, um, there's actually like a spiritual battle. There's been so many fellowships that have broken up viciously and split up. Now, I know we're North Wicklow, but technically, we're still a little bit south of one. So it's a spiritual thing. There is very much uh, an attack on churches, spiritually. So we have a devil who, does not, who wants to see, kill, and destroy, and does not want the church whole and healthy, because when the church is whole and healthy, living in fellowship, then the, the world of darkness is pierced because the church is doing what it should be doing. It's loving God, and it's loving people. And that's really dangerous. So we have a devil who tries to split. And the thing he gets, a huge thing. So we have our individual choices, but a huge thing is trying to break churches up. Theological disagreements, personality disagreements, blatant bitching. You got it all. It happens. But if you look, and this isn't, if you look through the Gospels, they're constantly saying, do not stop fellowshipping together. Love your brothers and sisters. Love your brothers and sisters. Eleven times in five chapters, he said, they will know that you are actually children of God by loving your brothers and sisters. Let's say it out together. Loving my brothers and sisters. Go ahead, come on. Loving my brothers and sisters. One more time. Loving my brothers and sisters. Sounds real simple. But I can guarantee you this week, someone in our fellowship or Christian community will wreck your head, will say something offensive, or you will just be like, I can't, uh, they'll just do something. Because the devil tests you. But, do we have an excuse? Possibly. But, what does the Bible say? Love your brothers and sisters. Eleven times in five chapters. He was speaking to the first century Christians who were having false teachers coming in, were breaking up the community, people were dispersing, half-truths, mistruths were coming in. We can be victim of that. 
unless we really protect our fellowship. And not just here, other Christians. And you could say, yeah, but like they teach this, and yeah, but they do this, and you don't know what they do at home, and you don't know what they're saying. Zip it. You are not called to critique the people around you. You are called to love your brothers and sisters. Say it one more time. Love your brothers and sisters. Let's make it more personal. Love my brothers and sisters. They're not just talking about biology. It says earlier, we read it, if you come into the family, if you're in the family, this is our family. Yeah? Let's love our brothers and sisters and protect it because I want to be known as a child of God. And I can't be. You may have an excuse, but if, you're, if something's brewing in your heart, I just want to speak really directly to it. You cannot be in darkness and light. You cannot be a child of God and be bitching and moaning and, bring, and, and stuff going on. Even if it's legit. Issues, there's a whole thing in the New Testament. If you have a serious issue, bring it to leadership. We have a pattern of how to deal with it. But bitching and moaning and bringing division is not one of them. And the Bible clearly says 11 times. Okay? So let's just bring it to a close. We have a God who is light to our darkness, to our sins, to our mistakes, to the times we've brought division in the church. We have a faithful God that if we sin, if we confess our sin and come humbly before him, he will forgive us. He told us, I read it this morning. But we have to confess it and acknowledge it to move from the darkness into his light to move from not loving, God is love, moving from not loving into his love. If we want life in our family, in our life, in our church community, God is here, he is life. We need to humble ourselves, confess our sins, and love our brothers and sisters. Lord God, I just thank you for your word today, Lord. I thank you for John, for his pastoral care, for his love for the church, that he didn't just scream at them and bash them around the head, Lord. But he said, come on, family, I want you here. Lord God, and I want to be here, and I pray for every person here, Lord. Father, bring us even more back into your fold, Lord, this morning. Correct us, Lord. Humble us, Lord. May we have ears to hear what you've spoken this morning, Lord. May we have courage to correct what we need to do, Lord. And Lord God, we just love you, Lord. We love you, God, for your word, for the actual word, not someone else's interpretation, but what it actually says, Lord. Thank you that you speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Have a great week, guys.